back to Beating Alpha. This is episode 90, and we have a special guest on, a very young guy, uh, and this is going to be show all about real estate investing, multifamily. Uh, it's going to be a lot of great tips, great nuggets, so make sure to grab a piece of paper, uh, a piece of paper, a pen, uh, maybe a coffee, and uh, let's get this going. So I uh, want to introduce you to Bailey Kramer. Uh, Kramer, so he's a real estate investor and entrepreneur. Uh, he's the host of Real Estate Investing Made Simple podcast that you can find on iTunes, I'm sure, and a founder of a Greater Orlando Multifamily Meetup Group. Bailey focuses his efforts on multifamily in the Central Florida area. So, uh, Bailey, appreciate you joining me today. Yeah, absolutely. Super excited to come on and happy to share. Good, good, good. Again, as, as I asked you before, 20 years old, man, 20 years old. I mean, it's very young, you know, to get involved at this uh, age in real estate. Because I remember when I was 20, I didn't do anything cool like you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so can you share your personal journey, man? When have you discovered this real estate business and multifamily business and how did you get involved in it? Yeah, absolutely. So I come from no real estate background. My family never talked about real estate, didn't own any real estate. But what kind of connected me was I've always had that entrepreneurial desire. I've always wanted to create my own destiny, control my time and create a, a nice life for my family. I just didn't have a passion to connect my entrepreneurial desires to up until last year when I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which mm -hmm. I'm sure many people, many of your listeners have heard. And that book was the first introduction to real estate investing. And this is when I was a sophomore in college when I read that. So it was still in the middle of me figuring out what I wanted to do. I had no idea besides I want to start my own business. I want to be in control. I just didn't know what that really looked like. So after reading the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I decided to look a little bit more into this real estate investing thing because he mentions it in his book. He touches on it. So from there, I went to Bigger Pockets, which I'm sure um, many people are familiar with as well, and just did a bunch of learning from podcasts to their webinars to the forums. I was just consuming knowledge because everything was brand new to me at the time. I went from literally knowing nothing to where I am now. And it was definitely a journey getting to the point where I'm at now and, and deciding multifamily, but I started out learning about fix and flips then wholesale and one thing led to another and I can go into more detail, but multifamily had these economies of scale and a lot of the attractive things that people like about single family, but in multifamily, a little bit more scalable, more teamwork. You don't have to bring all the pieces to the table. So those were a few things that really hooked me in and, and now, now it's kind of history. Yeah. Well, the kind of history continues from here, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just like 20 years old, you know, I'm just coming back to that point. I mean, for somebody <laughs> of you who are watching this and maybe you're kind of same age as, as uh, you know, Bailey, but for me, it's like, wow, you know, to get involved, to pick a book, uh, you know, like reach that poor dad, which I don't know who handed you the book or maybe you came across so, somewhere, you know, uh, in, in contact with this great book, but that give you a lot of insights and, you know, like I need to follow, you know, like real estate. But have you looked at other options besides real estate investing? Cause you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people watching and thinking, 
oh my God, there's all these different available sources like stock trading, you know, uh, investing in real estate, you know, like passively, actively flipping deals uh, and, you know, multiple things, development. So have you came across uh, like a few options and why do you have decided to stick uh, with a multifamily? Yeah. So when it pertains to just real estate, when I had my focus on real estate, there are so many options. You're totally right. There's, you can have hundreds of different strategies, but the main ones, fix and flip that many people are familiar with wholesaling, multifamily, commercial office, retail, you know, you can just go on and on and on. Multifamily was one of those things where it's housing, right? Everyone can understand. It's just where people live. And that was a very easy thing for me to understand. I don't really understand industrial space. I've never had experience with industrial space. I don't know anybody in industrial. Same thing with office. I, I don't work in an office. I've never worked in an office. I don't understand any of those details. But it comes to housing, everyone's lived somewhere at some point. And that was really easy for me to understand, especially on the single family side, because I've lived in a house or an apartment for all my life. So it was just super easy for me to understand. And then when it came down to the business side of it, it was for me, single family, understandable, multifamily, understandable. Now, okay, which one aligns with my goals more of, of going bigger, faster? And that was multifamily. So kind of talking to people as well, hearing their experiences. I've talked to a lot of people that said, hey, I'm doing multifamily now. I did single family for 15 years, I wish I went bigger, faster, sooner. So I, I took a lot of tips from other people and learned from their mistakes, their regrets, things that they just wish they did differently and aligned them with my goals. And multifamily was kind of that perfect entry, um, entry starting point. Got it. So have you used to, as, as I understood, you used to own single family properties also? No, so I never owned any single family properties, okay. but it was a ton of learning about them oh, and right. talking to people who did own the single families, who did, yeah. because- And it's like, don't get involved with it. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and <laughs> don't get me wrong, there's, there's nothing wrong with single family. Sure, yeah. it, it, it just comes down to your goals, yeah. what's gonna get you there. It, it's all personal preference. That's what I like to tell everybody. There's no right or wrong, but with my goals and my- conversations I had with people that were in places that I wanted to be in, mm -hmm. it kind of led me down to the path that I'm not, I don't need to start with single family and I don't want to start with single family. So that, that's kind of why I transitioned my focus to multifamily. Exactly. Well, why go and invest into single family properties and again, uh, make those mistakes, which of course, as you said, you know, uh, you heard this, the horror stories of, you know, people managing their own properties, tenant issues, toilets, all the termites, all those, all the, all that fun stuff, right? It's like, why can I just skip it and go to the commercial right away? So, you know, yeah. so talking about that again, uh, there's a lot of, you know, education when it comes to like multifamily and commercial property rather than, you know, like single family deal when it's easier, you know, uh, to buy maybe. Again, it's maybe tougher to manage, but uh, can you learn about, you know, your experience, like when it comes to educating yourself about uh, multifamily investing and what resources have you looked at or, you know, consuming right now to kind of learn, you, you know, uh, what it takes to invest into multifamily? Yeah, absolutely. So the two biggest things in my mind is education and networking. Without those mm -hmm. two pieces, 
it's nothing. So education is something that I've been super focused on. So in the beginning, it started with bigger pockets. It was literally probably a month or two of just listening to all their podcasts, all their books, their webinars, all that stuff. When I decided to transition to multifamily, it was a ton of different things, but all multifamily focused. So that was one person that I follow and I still follow is a guy named Grant Cardone. Are you familiar with him? Oh yeah. 10X all the way. Yeah. 10X. Yep. Yeah. So, and I have, I have his book here as well. Hey, here we go. (laughs) Yeah. So, so Grant Cardone was, is someone that I follow and, um, that, that's kind of just one resource, but another one is mentorships and, and coaching programs. So I found my mentor, my first mentor, named Kyle Marcotte. And he's a young guy, a few years older than me, who was doing it. So making it happen. So, you know, learning from people who have done it and, and learned a ton from him. There's also a ton of good books out there. Uh, let me try to think of some of the best ones I can think of. Because I, I don't just read multifamily books. I read a lot of mindset books, The Go-Giver, mm-hmm. uh, The Richest Man in Babylon, those types of books. But I think another huge factor and I think you experienced this as well, is starting your own podcast, you learn so much from everyone that you bring on and, and just w- talking through ideas. So that's a huge education piece. And then the most recent and most substantial thing that I've taken on is a mastermind group. So for those who aren't familiar, simply put, it's a group of like-minded people who are after the same thing. So I'm in a mastermind group called MIH Mastermind. And there's about 30 people in it. Everyone has the goal of multifamily. There's people who are not in it full-time. There's people who are in it full-time. There's teachers, doctors, lawyers. You name the profession, they're in the group. And we all have the same vision. So we do a lot of educating through there. And yeah, a lot lot of education through the mastermind group. Now, I would say that's the main source right now. Got it. So can you, can you talk about a little bit on networking and again, kind of during these times, maybe we have uh, less opportunities to do so. Again, there's a podcast uh, opportunity, as, as I mentioned before, you know, to connect with people just like as, as we're doing right now. But, uh, you know, it's still possible to network and meet people for coffee. But like, can you just give a few advice? Like, how does those uh, like steps begin? You know, for the people if you're looking to expand your network, like, what is the process behind that? Like, do you go and just reach out to people on like Facebook? You text them. Like, what do you say to those people when you want to build a network? Yeah, that's a great question. And I just want to say, I think right now during coronavirus is the best time to be networking because everyone's home. Yeah. Everyone is expecting to network online. You don't have to leave your house. So although it, it, it's a bummer that you don't get that face-to-face in person, you're able to, you don't have to travel somewhere. So there's a lot more time and a lot more expectancy that, that you're able to network. So a few big tips I want to give. Number one, meetup groups. I've seen during COVID, I've started my own meetup group, but there are, I could probably name 20 meetup groups off the top of my head right now. There are meetup groups, especially in the multifamily space, but going to these meetups, there's one probably every single night. And if you want to learn about my meetup group or other people's meetup groups, I'm happy to share. But in the beginning, especially during COVID, I was doing a meetup group. I was attending one every single night. Now, 
that doesn't that doesn't really do anyone any justice because I'm just there. I hear people, and then I go and then I guess turn off my computer because I'm already home. But the key to to the networking side is reaching out to all of the people that attend the same meetup as you do, because as you know, a cold call it's it's cold, it's scary, it's uncomfortable for a lot of people, and that's because there's no it's out of the blue, right? But something that's really awesome about meetup groups is you have that, you already have that built-in shared experience. So to kind of go into your question a little bit more, this is what I do exactly for networking and meetup groups. So after the meetup, well, actually during the meetup, I either write down everyone's name or I can, or you can just screenshot it on something like Zoom or save the chat, whatever method you want to use. But then afterwards, go on LinkedIn and message each person. And the key is to make it personal. So you want to say something like, hey, insert their name. I noticed we are both at Bailey's Meetup. I would love to learn more about you and your business or something along those lines. Looking forward to connecting. That's pretty much word for word what I say to people after meetup groups. and after that, you get talking a little bit more and then you're able to set up time to chat on the phone. And, and, and that's just one really easy strategy that you can use to not only learn while you're on the meetup calls, but to also connect with people afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a great strategy. Thank you for sharing that. I think, uh, I hope a lot of people will take an advantage of the strategy, which is, again, it works for you and it definitely works, you know, so people should, should go and follow that. So again, talking about the multifamily itself, as you mentioned here, um, like you're looking to get involved into central Florida area. So maybe you can talk about the state itself. Why have you picked the Florida? Yeah, so there are many, many, many markets out there, right? But some key things that helped me decide, first Florida in general. So as you said in, in the introduction, I'm based out of Orlando, Florida. So just to start, I didn't want to look at something in the, in the North in, in the Midwest, right? Because I want something that's in my backyard, that's in driving distance, that isn't out, out of my reach. I, I, I can feel it with my own hands. So that was Florida, right? Now within Florida, you have many, many markets. You have Tampa, you have Orlando, you have Miami, Jacksonville, and you can go on and on. But there were a few things that led me to Orlando specifically. One of the big factors was I'm in Orlando and within each market, there's a million submarkets, right? There's little neighborhoods, there's sections. So I think a lot of people might get discouraged that, oh, I'm not in a good market. Well, maybe a certain, like maybe there's a bunch of bad neighborhoods that are not the best metrics to invest in, but there's always usually at least sections of markets that, that, that are, are good investments. So for me, I picked Orlando because the job growth it has, has solid job growth. I can't remember the, the exact percentages, but um, something I did to analyze the markets was a lot of searching on city data, talking to people, um, a lot of metrics like job growth, household income. Orlando has a lot of job growth coming in. And a lot of people think of Orlando as tourism and Disney, but 
but there's actually a lot more to it than just that, of course. But I would say, first and foremost, it's my backyard. That was honestly the, the first initial. And then, and then going to it further and looking at the metrics helped me kind of narrow it down even further. Got it. So can you talk about the deals itself and your underwriting criteria? What type of deals are you going to be looking for? Yeah. So my criteria, I'm looking for, I mean, and COVID's kind of changed it a tad bit, but B and C class, B, B and C plus class assets, multifamily. Right now, I'm looking to get into between 10 and 30 units. So I have a goal for myself that I'm going to have 20 units by June, 2021. So between 10 and 30 units is what I'm looking for. I have the partners and the mentors and the financing from the people I know and the, and the relationships to go for, to go higher, higher unit counts. But it, it's kind of like that law of the first deal of, of getting, getting your feet wet in a, in a manageable size. So I don't think there's anything wrong starting with a single family. I don't think there's anything wrong starting with a hundred unit, but 10 to 30 units is, is the sweet spot I'm looking for. And another big factor is the value add component. So value add is something, a phrase that's thrown around a ton, but it's, it's a really lucrative way to f- force equity in the property and, and perform the refi and roll strategy and, and get your capital out and get it working again. So certain things that will help set up that value add is either mismanaged properties where they haven't raised rents in years or their expenses are through the roof or maybe they haven't renovated their units since when it was built. So those are a few key things that I look for. And we like to have a 15% rent upside. So we, we want a substantial amount that we can raise the rents. And it's, it's the, the, the more narrow you set your criteria, it, it gives you more focus. And, it, and it, you're always tweaking the criteria. It's not you set it in stone and you, you, for, you set it and forget it. It's always changing. And with, with coronavirus, you know, we're not looking for huge value adds where we have to, you know, put 20, 20K per door because things aren't certain right now. But things that are certain is, can you, are, are the rents way below market rent? And is that something you can increase? Mm, got it. So uh, when it comes to the deals itself, can you talk about what you currently have in, uh, in your pipeline at the moment and the strategies that you use to source uh, the deals? Yeah. So right now I'm sourcing deals a few different ways. The, the main way and most conventional way is brokers. So just, you know, common strategy of just building relationships with brokers and just staying in touch, checking out their deals, underwriting, underwriting, underwriting. I know people that have taken 180, I know one guy took him 180 deals to find one deal. I know people that took two years to find one deal. So it's more of a a persistence and consistency thing of, of staying after the brokers, but yeah, the, the brokers are the main source for my deal flow right now. There's other creative strategies that I haven't dove into just yet. There's a lot of strategies like direct mail, cold calling owners, pulling lists and just, yeah, cold calling and, and sending out mailers. That's something that 
I'm thinking about getting into and I'm strategizing a little bit right now and I'll have more to share in the future. But, but yeah, I would say that my, my main strategy right now is brokers. Got it. Got it. So you mentioned that you kind of have your own personal network uh, with a net worth of people who have, uh, you know, uh, that's possible for them to kind of invest in your first deal. And you, you mentioned you can go beyond, you know, 10 to 30 units and up. So, but while you scaling your business at the same time, you, I'm sure you're going to be looking for additional capital for people to invest in, in your syndication deals. So what approach are you going to take when it comes to raising capital? Is it going to be word of the mouth? Or is it going to be through some marketing techniques? Can you talk about that? Yeah. So capital is one of those things where you need it for the deal Yes, there's, there's ways to, to get creative, but at the end of the day, you need capital. Now, on my side and, and for people listening, although capital is needed, it doesn't need to be you that brings the capital. That's something that's, that's big. And, and I think that a lot of people starting out kind of get scared of like, oh, we need a million dollars. You do need a million or, you know, whatever the, whatever the amount of money is, you're going to need the amount of money to close, but that doesn't mean that has to be your money. So a, a few ways that, I'm able to kind of attract that, the capital. So first and foremost, <clears throat> what I was talking about before is having that, having that network already. And that, that's mainly through the mastermind group. So again, when you're in a community with people who are looking to invest in deals, already have that mindset, you're already getting to know, you already have that relationship. It's kind of just a matter of getting that right deal and making it happen. Um, Cause they're, 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 they're in it for a purpose. And, and the whole, the whole goal is to team up and take down deals. So that's kind of the, the immediate strategy. As far as additional capital from outside investors for syndications, for larger deals, all that kind of stuff. I take it the approach of attracting capital. So a lot of people take sales and money raising as pitching people as as that type of type of avenue, I see it more as attracting capital and the ways you attract capital is literally just sharing your story and share and documenting your progress. So ways that I've been able to attract capital and, and already start to build my investor list is simply by, by networking, by telling people what I'm doing, by posting on social media, by just building that brand and, and showing people that I'm active, that, I, that I'm in it, it gets people curious. And instead of me pitching them and having them put their guard up right away, I have a lot of people asking me, hey, what are you doing? What are you missing? I have, I have X, do you need, is, is that something you need? So I take it more of the approach of attracting capital. And that's simply just by showing everyone what you're doing. And that's social media, that's networking, and just talking openly. Got it, got it. So the question is kind of talking about, you know, the raising capital process. Uh, something that I wanted to ask, uh, if we just imagine the situation where there is maybe, you know, let's say 60 unit deal and you need, let's, let's for instance, say $6 million. I don't know, you know, and you have 5 million, so you need to raise 1 million just in case right so and you have the people that are lined up for that deal and again the question is kind of 
what is the right number of people that you you should have because again the process what you're going to do i'm just thinking you're going to start raising the capital before you actually have a deal right so yeah. how many people you should have lined up if you need as an example the, that million dollars because some of the people they they're not going to invest for whatever reasons because they're in the time when you were looking for a deal they invested in some other deal so somebody just came up for them so what will be kind of this number of people that you should have like let's say if you need one million dollars to raise yeah uh so i think that a, a general rule of thumb that i hear a lot of experienced syndicators use is you're gonna want double the soft commitments that you actually require so let's just say i need a million dollars get two million dollars worth of soft commitments where people will say yes when you have a deal when you have this type of deal count me in for 50,000, count me in for 100,000, whatever the number is. So a rule of thumb is double that because like you said, people invest in other deals. People don't like your deal. They, it's not the right time for them. There's a million things that come up and that's why it's important to overshoot it by double. Some people say more, some people say less. It all really depends and, and how well you really know your investor base. But definitely, definitely, definitely is a good idea to overshoot your number. That way, you know, people are going to be dropping off. Got it. Got it. Great advice. Thanks. Thanks for sharing, Bailey. Appreciate it. So talking about uh, the podcast, because I mentioned that that's one of the ways, again, to build a network and kind of to show your process and progress, you know, while building this business. So can you talk about the Real Estate Investing Made Simple podcast, which, by the way, it sounds like uh, something that Grant Cardone does similar uh, by the name. So can, can you talk about uh, like what approach are you taking in building the podcast? Are you taking the same approach as we're doing right now, kind of having conversations with other people who are in the business? Like what is the approach that you're using in the podcast? Yeah, so I started the podcast to, uh, so th this is how kind of all started. I realized that I went 19 and a half years of my life not knowing a single thing about real estate investing. And I, now when, once I learned about it, I thought it was the greatest thing that everyone should know about. So I kind of made it my mission to share all the conversations that I was having with people and, and th those conversations that got me so excited with other people. And that was the main first goal of the podcast. I wanted to make sure that I was doing my part in educating people because I think people, and I've talked to people that, are 50 years old, six years old. I know people who still don't know anything about real estate investing, which is totally okay. And not everyone needs to be in real estate investing, but I think that people at least need to know that real estate investing is an option. And I personally believe that everyone should have at least a sliver of real estate one way or another in their portfolio. So that's, that was the start of it. Bringing on people to help me share the message and bring it on experts and people that have been in the industry for much, much, much longer than I have to share their experiences, to share, to share their stories. And, and with the title real estate investing made simple, I wanted to make topics simple as, 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 as easy as that sounds, but I wanted to take different ideas at, on all ranges of, of, of real estate. Cause I didn't want to just focus on multifamily. Because like we mentioned before, there are so many strategies and I don't think that every single person needs to have multifamily in their portfolio, 
I think everyone just needs real estate. And I think multifamily being my favorite asset, but, but one way or another, it, it was the fact that I believe everyone should have some piece of real estate in their portfolio. And I wanted to, to make it my, my mission to, to share all that I was learning with everybody else. Got it. Got it. And that's a great mission to have, you know, so that, that is awesome. You should definitely guys go and check it out. Uh, the podcast, the link is always going to be down below, but the other question that I have for you is again, uh, part of it, like the, the entire real estate game in particular, multifamily, it's a team sport, right? So can you talk about, again, I know that you have a great team on board, Marco and Hadar. So, but can you, can you give uh, some, uh, you know, tips for people who are watching? Like, how do you look for those partners? How do you know the partner is going to fit your business? And how do you put that team together? Yeah, that, that, that's a great question. And something that I did without really knowing it in the beginning, but retracing my steps, I found some really important things that anyone can take away. So we talked about the networking piece a lot before, and I just gave one strategy about the meetup groups, networking with those types of people. So that's basically how I found my mentor and how, how I was able to kind of get involved and get the ball rolling. But, but the, whole, the whole point of it is mentors are people, right? Partners are people. So to find people, you need to be networking. And that is just, you need to be in the game in order to, to play, right? So I, I, I wanted a mentor back in the beginning. I didn't exactly know how I was going to even get a mentor. I didn't even fully understand what a mentor was. But the fact that I was just in the game, putting myself out there, networking with people, learning about people, seeing how I can add value to people, it kind of, it kind of made its way. And there's, there's a quote and I'm going to butcher it, but when the student is ready, the teacher will, will appear something like that. And I, I didn't understand what that meant until I realized that I was ready because I was putting myself out there and, and just eager to learn. So kind of going through the exact way I found it, my mentor was first and foremost networking. I got recommendations from people to go check out different meetup groups. No one said, Hey, check out this guy for your mentor. I wasn't telling everyone, Hey, I'm looking for a mentor. Not that that's right or wrong, but that's not what I did. I just told people I am eager to learn. I want to learn and I want to network. You know, I'd, I'd love to know your recommendations. And they would say, Hey, check out this meetup group, check out this podcast. And just from being in the game, I found the mastermind group that I was mentioning before. And from the mastermind group, that's where I found my mentor who, who is Marco Barbaro, like you mentioned, and that's been huge. And then, and then building the other pieces of the team, joining something like a, a mastermind group or just going to meetup groups because you don't need to join a mastermind to be successful or to, fill, to, to, to form a team. That's just the way that I know how to do it. So that's kind of what I'm sharing now, but, but joining that mastermind group, having that mentor, and when you're, when you're surrounded by those people in that group, you see who you click with, you see who has the goals that align with you, who has some revisions, who has where you want to invest, a bunch of these factors, you just kind of find out who aligns with you and who you can see building a long-term relationship with. 
Got it, got it. That's a solid advice. Thanks for sharing that. So, you know, I mean, it's it's phenomenal. I love, again, I'm going to come back to the point what you said, 20 years old, you know, like you're, you're on the right track, you know, to build the, the business. And uh, it seems like you're in the right place because again, there's a lot of people at your age who are still lost. Like they don't know what to do, where to invest because there's so much information available. So I'm very happy to, to, that you clarified a lot of things when it comes to real estate investing. How do you choose your own niche? Like, what do you do to build the network and how do you build a team? Uh, and that's exactly what I want to do for you guys and girls who are watching is to be part of the Bailey's team. Uh, and I want you to go in contact with him personally, you know, to ask him these great questions because there's more uh, to cover. Uh, but again, the, the show time is just limited. So Bailey, question is for you, like where people can uh, find you when it comes to social media. Yeah, absolutely. And I would be more than happy to connect with anyone, anyone who reaches out. So please do if you're, if, when you're, if you're listening to this. So the main way, LinkedIn, that, that's a super simple way. One thing to note, and this is just a quick networking tip, like as we were talking about, make the invitation a little personalized so I know who you are because I'm sure many of you guys as well get a bunch of LinkedIn requests, a lot of random. So just throw in a little, hey, I heard you on Beating Alpha podcast and that'll just let me know, oh, okay. And right away, I'll, I'll be responding to that. So LinkedIn, Bailey Kramer. You can also check out my website, baileykramer.com. Those are probably the two main ways and to, to connect. Got it, got it. Awesome, awesome. So make sure you guys uh, go and do that. Of course, all the links is always going to be down below. And uh, Bailey, I really appreciate the time today. It was a great fun to get to know you, get to get to see your journey, you know, what, you, what you're currently doing, you know, in the business and the way you, you're looking, uh, you know, to invest. So that's awesome. So again, guys, I encourage you to go and connect with Bailey. Uh, this has been episode 90 with Bailey Kramer. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. So make sure to share it with a friend. And as always, I'm going to see you in the next episode. Thanks for watching. <laughs>